Hey look, the PlayStation Drive is starting. While you wait, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell icon on YouTube to be notified of future goodness. If you enjoy our show, we'd love it if you gave us a five-star review or rating on your podcast service of choice. To continue the conversation, join the Carpool Gaming Discord, where you can find a wholesome community to have a chit-chat with. For some exclusive content, you can also support us on Patreon. And finally, don't forget to check out the Carpool Gaming website for an awesome range of merch. Links to all that and more are in the show notes, but without further ado, let's get revved up for the PlayStation Drive. Well, hello, weary travelers. Welcome on in to the 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 the, the, the your Saturday night special, aka the PlayStation Drive episode two, 138. Of course, I am one of your hosts, the meteorologist on the moose, Ryan Durford. But I am joined, as always, uh, by by Fulia, Ron, and Matt. How, how's everyone today? How's everyone feeling? Good, good. I did great. Yeah. yeah, everyone ready to talk some PlayStation? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, and Xbox, and well, Xbox. There is yeah, that. We yeah, are going to talk yeah. about the the old Xbox tonight, but um, of course, if people are watching the video version, you might be hearing the echo that I'm suddenly noticing as I as I speak. Um, I'm in a different location. I'm I'm not in my old apartment. I'm in a different apartment. Uh, it's just so much more barren and dark than my old apartment it ever was before. Because <laughs> look how dark it is in here. I need to do something about this at some point. But uh, yeah, the move, move. I know people were gonna, about to ask. Move went well. It was a lot of work. Uh, I was hurt the whole time, so I felt bad because I barely could do much of anything. Uh, but my family was there to help me out, uh, and uh, it all went pretty smoothly. So I'm, I'm just glad it's finally over. I still need to unpack everything because there's a lot of my stuff still in boxes over there. Um, but it's exciting. Things are exciting. Yay. Good. Yeah. Congratulations on the move. Wow. Yep. Thanks, man. Um, but without further ado, we should probably get into this. But before we do that, we've got to do that. Housekeeping, housekeeping. Um, of course, we got new patrons joining us over at patreon.com slash carpool gaming. We got Daryl Erdman for who checked out the seven-day free trial to the exclusive tier. So welcome on in, Daryl. I hope you enjoy all that cool and exclusive content. Like the Patreon podcast for patrons podcast, Sweet Hangs. It could be anything and a whole lot more. And also uh, Josh Coltier, who was in the free trial last week when we talked now just decided to jump into the exclusive tier. The free trial's over and uh, Josh decided to stay on. So huge. Thank you to Josh, Daryl as well. All of our patrons for supporting the show. Y'all rock. Thank you for that. And again, if you want to hop in the car with us, head over to patreoncom slash carpool gaming and choose the tier. That's right. We're free. Well, without further ado, let's grab our a tracks, pop them in. It's time for the playlist um, because we got to talk about games. Y'all I'm excited to talk about games. I've been moving boxes and stuff, and I'm like, I'm just ready to talk about games with y'all. So uh, we're, we're going to start with uh, Matt. What'd you play, man? I finally rolled credits on Callista Protocol last night. It's good. It's not the best survival horror game I've played, but it's also not as bad as everybody says. I don't know if there's a huge difference from the game now versus launch. Um, I, I'm sure there are patches and some changes to it, but Overall, it is a very fun, like, a, a, it's like a boxing game with monsters in outer space. It's really not a scary game at all. Like, the atmosphere is 
it's very, how do I describe it? It's very wet. Everything is always gooey and slimy. <laughs> like, and everything looks the same. Everything looks the same, Freezing. no matter which location you go. Yeah, yeah. Everything has the same aesthetic. Wet. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, despite, despite its flaws, it's still a, a good time that it had to be fun, though. The only thing that my critique of it was um, you get all the fun stuff, the fun stuff near the end of the game. And I wish that it was you could progress faster because, like I mentioned, it's a boxing game. So there's, there is a dodge mechanic and it's not like a Horizon Zero Dawn dodge mechanic where like you roll away, like you just kind of swing back so you don't get punched in the face. So that mechanic works really well one on one, maybe one on two. Um, but halfway through the game, you, you're taking on like six of them. When you dodge, you're just dodging yourself into another punch. So it doesn't really work that well at that point. But near the end game, you get like massive upgrades to uh, like your swings. Like you can you can upgrade your baton so that if the enemy blocks, like you actually break their arm. So it's really satisfying to do. And then you can also upgrade your weapons, like your shotguns to plow people over. So again, it's kind of disappointing that it's only near the end of the game where you kind of need it through the halfway point. But overall, I mean, if you get it for free 99 like I did on PS Plus or anything cheaper, it's fun. And it's short. Like it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like if it was... 20 hours, it would have been a slog, but I think I did it like in seven, eight hours. And then the other game I started just half an hour ago was um, Wizard with a Gun, which is the new game that Bowser from the Xbox Drive picked for the Backtrackers. Um, just played about 15 minutes, so I can't really talk too much about it. It's, uh, well, you're a wizard with a gun, uh, <laughs> and you're shooting stuff, and I think it's like top-down dungeon crawling, but again... I'll give an update next time when I play. Has anybody else here played Wizard with a Gun? Or nope, nope. Nobody. <laughs> it sounds oh. like a Marcus O'Neill game, though. <laughs> you know what's funny when you say that? Ron knows me very well. Like the first thing I do when I go into games is like I check the difficulty settings to see if there's an option to drop it down. There's no option, so I was kind of really nervous. I was like, okay, what? This gets a bit hard. It's all in. Well, there you, you go. You got down. no choice but to stick with it now. The, there's no story mode for me. It's just uh, shooting or dying. We'll see what happens. Well, there's a third option. You yourself become a wizard to then overcome the challenges of wizards with a gun. Am I, I worthy to be a wizard? Am I a wizard? You could be. You just oh, go. We'll have to ask Kevin. Kevin's the wizard. So you, he or, or, you yeah. go to the, or you go to the wise sage that is Sith. Yeah. Ah, okay. Two options. Oh, that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been playing. Yeah. <laughs> you do you do know you're on the podcast with the level 99 Archmage, right? Like I'm right here. <laughs> you, you mentioned two other people, but I, you didn't mention me, and I'm like literally right here. Level like, 99, like S tier. Actually, again, we we evolved on that show. I'm now a level 199 Dark Lord because I'm basically an evil wizard now. Oh. That's just okay. that's just my character. That's the most fitting Ryan Turford thing. Like, um, I don't know if y'all follow card games at all, but Magic the Gathering is doing this crossover with Fallout, and they have these new Fallout cards that are coming out next month. And one of the cards is the Fate of Megaton, and it gives you two choices on the card: whether to disarm the bomb and you destroy like an artifact card, or uh, destroy Megaton and it just destroys all the creature. It's like so flavorful, and I'm like. I know which, like, I, I already know which option I pick every single time, which is just destroy Megaton, because I'm that person. But, Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. 
Anyways, uh, Ron, what about you? What'd you play? Uh, still going through Ragnarok. Um, I, I got a new weapon and I've been doing some challenge stuff. I was doing that before we got on and yeah, game is still, game is still rolling. Still right on that level with the first God of War 2018 to me. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, played a little bit of Horizon 5. Didn't make too much progress in that, but I got a new car. Can't remember what it was. It was an old beat up truck. I was like, why are you giving me this? <laughs> I'll never use it. But <laughs> but I'm still having a good time with that too, though. Nice, nice. I mean, it's uh, the that's kind of the equivalent to Gran Turismo 7 giving you like the Land Rover or like a tractor or, <laughs> yeah. or like one of the cars from like the that. 1930s or something like that. You're like, this is cool and all, but like I'll never drive this because it drive it like can't compete with cars made in the 50s, let alone after that. Yeah, not happening. Yeah, nice. Well, what about you, Fully? I've seen some interesting selections on your list here. Mm, mm, yes. Uh, I'm going to start off with the fact with with a non-PlayStation game that I've been playing. Uh, and that's Mario versus Donkey Kong. Oh, not the hot I've, potato. Oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I never, I never played us, the original. Never played the original. And I, I wasn't expect like I was I wasn't expecting much out of this, but then I saw the demo and I'm like Okay. Um, yeah, I pre-ordered it because I wasn't sure what to expect from it, but I've been playing it in handheld mode while I've been watching stuff on the TV, and I've been really enjoying it. It's it's actually really good fun. It's it's very cute, and and, and it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be in terms of its puzzles. So, yeah, just running on classic mode, and it's actually good fun. I'm really enjoying it. Currently just finished off World 3. I'm now in World 4. So nice. Now, quick nice. question for you, Felix. Yes. Have you ever played Donkey Kong 94 on the Game Boy? I never owned a Game Boy. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, if that ever comes to Switch Online and you like Mario versus Donkey Kong, that's what you should play next. Because Donkey okay. Kong 94 is basically the game that inspired Mario versus Donkey Kong. But I actually think that game holds up so well today that I think it's actually better than any of the Mario versus Donkey Kong games. So it's definitely okay. one to check out, like if it ever comes to the Game Boy section on Switch Online. I hope they bring it at some point. It's like, I'm actually kind of surprised it's not there already. Um, yeah. But in that game, it's kind of starts off and it's the first four levels of the Donkey Kong arcade machine. But then after that, it transitions into the, the puzzle platforming that you have in Mar- Mario versus Donkey Kong. And it's really good. So okay. just want to give that shout my... out to yeah. Donkey, Kong, uh, Donkey Kong 94. But anyways, continue. Oh. Ron has a question from the press pool. I do, I do. Koala, um, that is the wrong cover art. Antics show me the correct one. That is Koala (laughs) versus Donkey Kong. Uh, (laughs) I wish we could see that. He showed me that and I I died. (laughs) I need to see this. I mean, I could could bring it up and and, and show you all in a little screen share. Um, It's actually really cute because Antics, who is one of my mods on my channel, um decided that he had to create um a little little cover art <laughs> for me um, we need to see this it's fantastic <laughs> we need to see it's fantastic and um i i like it it's 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 really cute although i don't know if it'll let me sh- do um is it like a drop bear is oh hold, it on, drop hold bear on. on no no, no it's a koala You'll see it no, in a second. It. Hold on. I'll share. There it is. There it is. I have to load it up on the screen. So there it is. 
Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I Yeah, I love it so much. Um nice. while I was streaming it today too, Antic was like, Oh, I have a little surprise for you. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was it's so good. Nice. Um but yeah, so that's that's pretty much what uh <laughs> what I've been playing non-PlayStation side of things. PlayStation side of things, um, I did play through um, and finished the story of Harmony, the Fall of Reverie. It is done. Um, I now need to go back and play it in my own time and clean up and get the platinum. <laughs> yes. Hashtag platinum queen. Yes. Yes. Which I'm, which I'm um, I think, eight plus platinum away from like collecting all the trophies for that. Um, Just eight. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, Easy. this game, like it's, I say just eight, but those particular trophies are set to specific things from the game that you have to follow in order to unlock them because it's oh. a, because it's a choice matters, like it's an interactive story. And depending mm. on what pathway you take, that's when you'll end up popping those trophies because you have to collect certain crystals you have to follow a certain path, pathway, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's a really, it's a really interesting story. It, it is. I'm gonna say overall, the story is drama based. It is very drama. There is some humor elements in it as well, um, but it's mostly a drama. It's it's a lot about like this. It's got some heavy topics in it. Like it's got grief and loss. Um, it talks about um, you know political and government sort of organizations and corruption and all that sort of stuff. There's riots and all that. So um, it's a really, it's a heavy story, but it's so interesting and it really just, it really immerses you into it. And I just, I loved it so much. So I am definitely going to be playing through that maybe once or twice through because I feel like there's going to be multiple different uh, endings, like in terms of how they end. So I definitely want to see what those endings are and what the other pathways and outcomes are. So I, I'm really looking forward to replaying it. Um, so replayability is a big tick if you want to check that one out as well. And then the last thing I'll mention that I've actually played a little bit of this week, I didn't have much time, was uh, Aiden Chronicle Rising. Um, managed to play through a bit more of that. or um, really, really enjoying the story so far. Already come across a husband, though. <laughs> nice. nice. Tell, tell us more. Oh, you could have tell us more. Tell us more about the husband. Matt's just like, I need details. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pull up a picture. Come on. Or paint us a picture. Yeah, you, didn't, you, didn't just, put just, a, you didn't put nothing in the M2 chat. This is a surprise. No, look, here's the thing. Like, it's I've only come across him for the first time. Uh, and, mm. like, we, there's only been, a like, a couple of a His name is, I think it's Iugo? Iugo? Okay. You go. Oh, All right. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's her okay. time. <laughs> uh, there it is. There it is. The, the, yeah. So there. <laughs> that, that's that's the All character right. I've come across. He looks pretty cool. Um, He's a looker. Yeah. Oh, what's I, he like? I, is he nice? Uh, well, he seems to be kind of like a like a leader of a crew or something like that. Like he's 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 one of the good guys in the story. Uh, and or so you think. Yeah, well, so I think. Yeah, you never know. You never <laughs> for know. now, for now, he's a good guy. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, he seems pretty cool. Uh, I need to play through a bit more of the story because he didn't pop in at the start. He He's like a little bit further into the story. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. But with the fact that I'm really enjoying this particular story, uh, I'm like, yeah, I think I need to go and pre-order 100 Heroes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. I pre-ordered yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. RPG Queen. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Although it is also on Game Pass as well. Just throwing it out there as well. But, yeah. Well, That's don't be right. a sellout. Yes. Play it on PlayStation <laughs> and get the play. <laughs> don't, wow. don't do this. <laughs> we don't do that here. We I'm don't mean, do that here. <laughs> we do that here. I Ron, do that. If it makes you feel better, I'm totally playing it on Game Pass. Game Pass? <laughs> 100% I'm playing it on Game Pass. Yeah. It's okay. Free 99. It's all right. Yeah. I can't, yeah, can't, I can't argue. But you can't get a platinum on there. You got you to gotta do it, Koala. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't, have, I don't. I don't have Game Pass at the moment. I kind of canceled my subscription after a while. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so to be a fair, true PlayStation player. Yeah. To be fair, I am actually canceling my subscription when, it, like, I'm just letting it lapse, uh, and yeah. I think it expires. Yes, 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 yes. So, so just, uh, just <laughs> although, although full bad. disclosure, I was also getting it for free. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Xbox, handed over on the Xbox Drive. So. There's also that plays into yeah. it a little bit, but Matt, you're the only one. I'm like, no, I'm okay with. I'm okay with like buying some of those Xbox games anyway, just outright because I know a lot of them aren't really that expensive and I can, I can just as easily get, you know, um, gift cards that I can load up and it should be, it'll be fine. No. And sometimes it's just good to just support the developers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like sometimes we'll come across, you know, codes for certain games and, uh, for especially smaller games and stuff. And if Mm. if we don't get them till the day of the the release, I'm like, well, I'd rather just support the developers and just buy the game at that point. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that plays a little bit to that decision, but yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it because um, even though I didn't love the, the combat and I do think the story elements are pretty good in mm. rising. Um, and I, and I'm also pretty excited for hundred heroes. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're excited about it. Fully. I'm glad yeah. the game won you over a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, RPGs life. Mm-hmm. Speaking of RPG life segue. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it's time for my oh, yeah. list. Y'all now. Mind yeah, here you, we go. My list is long despite the fact that I moved this week because um, the three of the four of these I played today before we started podcasting. Cause oh. um, for the most part this week, I barely had any time for games at all other than Monday. Um, so uh, I really, you know, dove into some more persona three reload. Um, I'm in September is where I'm currently at. And I haven't really budged much since there. Cause I haven't played the game basically in almost a week because I just haven't been able to, but hopefully tomorrow uh, I'll have time to, uh, to jump more into it. Cause I, I want to get to the end of that game uh, before next week is what I'm kind of targeting for that. Uh, and I'm really still enjoying it. So um, I'm excited to get back to it. But uh, so far, so good with that game. Don't really have anything new to say about it. But I played three demos this week, y'all. Three I demos. I know what today. one of them are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you're in the document and literally all of them are listed right there. So um, first of all, I played the updated Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo with the Junon expansion uh part to it where you get to go explore outside of junon and then you fight a big boss and then you go up to junon you have this dolphin mini game uh it was it was you know more final fantasy 7 rebirth it was fun it was fine um but i'm already pretty sold on the game at this point especially after the reviews came out this week and it's like the highest rated game of this year at at this point at this point probably at this point, I would be very surprised if another game outscored it this year. So um, I'm already pretty excited for Seven Rebirth. So um, the game didn't need to sell me anymore, but 
the the demo extra part with, with Junon was pretty solid and fun. Um, and I loved seeing kind of what they added to the Junon area, but also seeing getting a chance to play with the open world a little bit because it could let you, you know, explore the open area outside of Junon because there's like a bunch of different side quests and other villages and other places you can go to. Like there's like a Chocobo ranch you can go to and there's a bunch of, you know, cool characters there. So um, I really enjoyed what they what they had with that that second, second slice of the game. Um, and of course, you know, Seven Rebirth is out next week and I'm excited for it. But these other two demos though got me even more excited because Contra Operation Galuga dropped its demo this week. Now, here's the thing. I'm a pretty big fan of the old Contra games, you know, going all the way back to the NES. You've also got, you know, Super Contra, Contra Hardcore. Like, I really like the Contra games. They're fun, like run and gun style, you know, action platforming games. They're very hard. That's always kind of been their shtick. But Contra over the last, you know, 15 years has kind of had like a really bad downfall. Like they, all, all the Contra games they've released since Contra 4 on the DS have been terrible <laughs> to the point where we had like one of the worst games of the PS4 generation, which was the Contra game that came out <laughs> on that platform. Um, so I was actually pretty down on this one because in the trailers um, they for this, they'd only ever really showed this game during like Nintendo Directs. So it was always like the Switch version of the game. The Switch version of the game from what we've seen from other people who played the demo looks really rough, but downloading the demo on PlayStation, it ran super well at like 60 frames per second. Sure. It's not the most visually pleasing game in the world, but I don't expect it to be because it's Contra. It's very much going for that old school feel. Um, and it, it's basically trying to be a remake of the original Contra game, but it's developed by Ray Ford, who of course does the Shantae games, but more importantly, they're also, they also developed the last good Contra game, Contra 4. So with all that said, this demo actually really sold me on the game in a big way. I actually had a ton of fun playing the demo. Like I couldn't put it down until I got to the end. And, and there's a lot of replayability even in the demo because you can do, you can run through the couple levels that it gives you in like this arcade mode, but then there's also the story mode. And in arcade mode, you have like five different characters to choose from and they all have different abilities and like, Dude, this game feels like it's actually going to be a pretty good game when it comes out. Like, I'm surprised. Like, I did not have this one on my radar as something to be excited about because of, you know, past Contra games have not been good. But, you know, Contra Operation Galuga, if the full game is as fun as the demo is, I think this game is going to be pretty fun. I can't wait to to check this one out. So I think it comes out um, pretty soon as well. So uh, this might be a game that I kind of wait a little bit to pick up because there are a lot of games coming out right now, like the next game I'm about to talk about. But this game, very, very solid. Uh, And then finally, the boys and girls, the time has come. The moment is here. The Unicorn Overlord (laughs) demo is out. I played it. (laughs) Tell me all about it. Yeah. So first off, how good is it? First off, people don't know. Unicorn Overlord is the new game from Vanillaware. Of course, they developed 13 Sentinels and Dragon's Crown and Muramasa, the Demon Blade. But they're mostly known for like action games other than 13 Sentinels, which is more of like a, you know, strategy role playing game slash, you know, visual novel in a lot of ways. Um, but this game, Unicorn Overlord, mixes a lot of, you know, different, you know, strategy role playing genres together. It's It, it feels like Fire Emblem mashup with like a, uh, like a real time strategy game. Um, and it, it, it all comes together in this really cohesive and interesting way. Um, also because it's a vanillaware game, 
hand-drawn animation looks incredible, like uh, especially playing on the, the PS5, even just the opening cutscene it has where you're, you're starting out the game and it starts off in this lightning storm and you're seeing like the, the lightning kind of crash down in the background while the rain is kind of like, you know, dropping on the, the, the characters' faces. And even though they're, you know, 2D characters, all that stuff is just really well animated. Like this is a gorgeous game, like one of the prettiest games on the PlayStation 5 combined with the fact that it's got rock solid role-playing action i didn't spend too much time with the demo because it gives you like seven hours with the demo if you want to just wow. play through it and nice. your progress carries over to the main game so Ooh. you're basically playing nice. the first seven hours and then carry then carrying over to the game for free uh which is super awesome like dude like i was already excited for unicorn overlord people who know me know that this was a game i was already high on my radar but like after playing this demo i'm like it shot pretty high up there like it's 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 probably my most anticipated game of the year at this point that i know of so wow. um unicorn overload i can't wait for the full release um on march 8th i believe uh so it's coming out like in, a, in like three weeks and like dude this game looks <laughs> this game is so awesome <laughs> i can't wait to play the full game um and to play with it more because like I, I could even you know try with the demo between now and then because again Anytime you save, the save progress carries over. Um, and yeah, just it just basically, there's no limits. It's, it downloads the full game and just lets you play for eight hours because there's like a play timer on it. So like however wow. long you want, you can actually jam in there. Like nice. that's how much you can play with it. So uh, if people want to get a head start on Unicorn Overlord, or if you're like Lockwood here, who in the chat mentions that she just downloaded the demo, um, definitely give it a try because it's really, really solid. I am kind of keen on checking out the demo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. RPG queen. Yes. This I is amazing. Awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> Elden Ring is next. Elden Ring is oh, next. Mm, mm, <laughs> there are limits. I wouldn't hold your breath for that. <laughs> oh. no, play Unicorn or Lover, Overlord first. It's better than Elden Ring. I'm someone who likes Elden Ring but didn't, doesn't love it. So. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Elden Ring another day. Um, but who, pretty soon, this might be the official Unicorn Overlord podcast with all of us playing hey. it down the road. So I don't even need the demo. I'm already in for it. Yeah. So <laughs> the wheels already picked it at this point, Ron. It's happening. Hey, Lockliff is right. fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> Lockliff. <laughs> How dare you? Elden Ring is cheeks, according to Lockliff. Blasphemy. Yeah. Oh. How does it how does it feel, Ron? <laughs> because his lock is cool. It is all right. Oh, it's all right. Okay. I oh, see. I see. Yeah, oh, I, I see. But Lockwood yeah. says it. Yeah, it's because cool. his lock is all right. Yeah. Total mm-hmm. bass. It's she's, she's she, good. Oh, it's because she's yeah, not actually on I, a podcast I, with you every week. That's the <laughs> favoritism. Yeah, I but when I when I say citizen sleepers is cheeks, Matt, how dare you? We're not yeah, friends anymore. Matt, don't ever say that again. <laughs> see? <laughs> Look at this. Shame on you. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Seth just confirming Lothcliff can get away with oh, literally. Here comes the Ghost of Tsushima hater. Oh, oh boy. See? The favorite is Proven over and over again. Anyways, see Fulia, Fulia knew it was coming. Fulia knew it was coming. We need to move we need to move on because it's almost time to talk about Pepsi Man. I mean the topic of the week. <laughs> topic of the week. 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 Week week um today's topic of the week is xbox games are officially on playstation folks so patting down the hatches of course we wanted to 
not talk about this until the announcement was official. Cause like we all, we knew a couple weeks ago that this was happening, um, but we didn't have the official games or when they were coming out or anything like that. But I felt like this was the time to have the conversation about uh, four Xbox game studios games coming to PlayStation. Now, obviously this isn't the first time we've had Microsoft published games come to PlayStation. We've had, you know, Cuphead as well as, uh, as Dusk Falls is coming out next month. Um, but here are the four games. Of course, we got Pentiment, which is out right meow. We've got Hi-Fi Rush coming out March 19th, Grounded on April 16th, and Sea of Thieves on April 30th. I mean, yeah, we're going to do Seth, of course, already chiming in saying everyone should play Hi-Fi Rush. Anybody purchase well, Pentiment? That's, that's, that's not true. If you don't have good rhythm like I do, you should not play Hi-Fi Rush because <laughs> you're going to feel poorly about it yourself. So yeah. Not everybody, Seth. Not everybody. I was going to say like, that's the type of game where like, you kind of have to be at least a little into a little into rhythm games to, to be into that game. I think, but, um, poor sense of rhythm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Yeah. Um, I know people were, were acting like before this happened, like the sky was falling and like all these, you know, crazy exclusives were coming, but I feel like this is a pretty good list of games. Like they're, they're all games that, you know, really aren't going to continue to move the needle on xbox so i think it's totally cool that they're they're on x on playstation but we as a playstation podcast i want to know from us like are any y'all like thinking of double dipping like matt i know you're currently not buying games right now but right. if you were going to be buying games like if you if this was a normal year for you um and it, would, would normal matt be picking up any of these games or would you be excited about picking up any of these games and double dipping a little bit if I didn't have, okay, if it was a normal year and if I didn't have Game Pass, then, or even if I did have Game Pass, would I double dip? I might. I and it depends on which game. So obviously Hi-Fi Rush wouldn't be the one I double dip. Even with playing accessibility features, features, I still couldn't get past, uh, I still couldn't get past like after two hours because it just wasn't a good feeling for me. Um, I don't really play a lot of multiplayer games, so I probably wouldn't play Grounded or Sea of Thieves unless... Ron hits me up and he's like, I'm gonna let's play our favorite game. Let's sail set the sails on the high seas. Then I'll do it for Ron, because I know he loves that game. Um, oh my god. Only, yeah, so I, <laughs> the slander. Anytime you want to play Ron, let me know. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, so out of the four, I think the one that I would double dip for would be Pentiment, just because yes, I do yes. like Obsidian games. That's and again, I don't know if I would like it, but I would like to at least try and give it my track record with um other obsidian games i probably that's the one i would double dip but it's just honestly this news it's just it's exciting to see yeah. um you know without innovation things don't move forward so i i'm glad that microsoft took like a good critical look at how business is going and what the future looks like and was able to pivot and make a change to traditional video game console uh business operations and said look these games aren't selling anymore on xbox or not moving more game pass subscriptions let's put them on other platforms and truthfully playstation's already done a little bit right like playstation 3 playstation 4 we didn't see that many of their games or if any of their games go on pc and now look at all the first party games that come to pc right like because i think the companies are seeing that they need to maximize in their profits more efficiently so i think it's a good thing nintendo's quite stubborn and traditional yeah. for now so we'll see yeah. how things go yeah um but i'm happy to see it i mean more people get to play it means um this will help business for microsoft and keep things moving forward and things are changing like it's not the 1990s it's not the early 2000s 
good God, it's not even the 2010s, which sounds weird to say. <laughs> yep. um, so, you know, you have to be innovative. So I'm glad to see Microsoft uh, make some changes. And I, I do hope that other companies follow suit as well. When you bring up a good point too, because that, that you know remind, like brings us back to last week's conversation. We were talking about Hiroki Totoki's comments about you know how PlayStation needs to evolve in that way, where the whole industry is really evolving. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you know PlayStation brings some of their smaller exclusives other places too, even if it's just Switch and not even Xbox at this point. But Ron, I throw this this uh, chat question in here or chat comment here. This is from Seth. He says maybe I can get into Ron's good graces again. <laughs> I'm playing Pentiment. What do you what do you think about this comment? Um, I can't put Pentiment over Ghost. I can't get. What if he gets the platinum though? Nope, nope. I can't oh. put Pentiment over wow. Ghost. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ghost, is, Ghost is the goat. So no, tried, that's Seth. not gonna work, Seth. It's <laughs> <I tried. laughs> not gonna work. Wow. wow. <laughs> I still love you though. I still love you though. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, what what about you, Ron? What do you? Uh, what, are there any of these that you would? consider double dipping on or are you mostly just excited that they're they're here anyway um hi-fi rush and pentiment are, are definitely getting purchased I, I mean i own the steam version and the xbox version of pentiment but i i have no problem giving obsidian more money so i'll buy it again hi-fi rush i haven't bought yet but i did have it on the xbox wish list but now i wish listed it on playstation so it gets to a decent sale i'll, I'll grab it up Nice. Well, actually, like, I don't know if you saw the prices of these, but like, they're yeah, fairly cheap. Like, yeah. Hi-Fi Rush, I think, is like $29 American or $35 yeah. Canadian at this point. I'm I just very unsure on that one. I just, rhythm-based, it's just like, eh. yeah. Yeah, so I'd rather get a little bit lower before I sit there and purchase that just in case. Yeah. Pentiment, like, I agree with you on that one. Pentiment is yeah, a very I'm all in I on love that. that game. So, although the platinum for that, of course, will be ridiculous. Like, the, the thousand gamer score is on Xbox. Yeah, I looked at it and I was like, uh, you basically we'll have to play through the game like 15 times. It's going to be a, it's going to oh, be a long one. It's ridiculous. But <laughs> nobody got time for that. Yeah. Whereas, uh, Felina, RPG Queen. What about you? Does that, do any of these games I do anything like, for you? I, I don't. I feel like I don't deserve those titles because I. I don't think I've gotten enough. Oh, I've played enough More in order to get those titles. Anyway. You're, right. You're right. We'll continue yeah. to just only refer to you as the Platinum Queen since you yeah, are no, the, not the, even the that. Platinum leader. Storm. Why? How many <laughs> platinums do you have? Come on, stop this. Only four. Yeah, stop it. Still how, on zero. But how I'm many? Still on get, zero. Yeah, I'm still on zero as well. Still on the See? egg. Although, uh, although Persona Three, I should have the the platinum for it for next week. But. Sweet, yeah, I still Anyways. don't deserve it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, out of these games, I think the only one that really strikes my interest is Pentiment. Um, yes, just because of the the art style looks really interesting, um, yeah. and I feel like the story would be pretty cool too. Uh, so, I mean, on the Australian side of things, it's twenty nine ninety five. Uh, so it's actually not too bad. Um, okay. So I might I might check it out um, only because I mean even though I did have a, a Game Pass when you know I just never really got around to playing them because I just wasn't really interested at the time. But maybe now um, now that it's more accessible on other platforms, it might it, I think it's intrigued me a little bit more to to check it out. Hi-Fi Rush, I love rhythm games. I don't do rhythm shooty games. Okay. <laughs> I just, oh, I feel oh, okay. that rhythm I games I can play is fine, but when it's rhythm plus shooter, 
Well, it's not really it's, a shooter. It, you're you're bashing things with like your it's melee. Yeah, yeah, it's melee. yeah. I, I just I feel like that that for me would be a little overwhelming. So um, okay. to be able to time it right to the music and you know while you're doing all the battles and stuff, I just it feels like a bit much for me. <laughs> yeah, because it's basically like and Seth brings up a good point here. It's basically a rhythm hack and slash. It's rhythm Final Fantasy 16 in a lot of ways. Just Seth, the I'm sorry, I can't think Devil May Cry. I've never played it. <laughs> Well, oh, again, that's like Final Fantasy 16. Wow. Final Fantasy 16, very similar to Demo or May Cry. And okay. also this. Yes, just uh, evade. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah just evade. Just evade. Let's roll. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> evade according to the music. <laughs> yeah, for me, like, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to pick any of these up just because I have played through all of them already. Um, Hi Fi Rush, maybe. Pentiment, it's like one Pentiment was such a special game to me when I when I reviewed it that like it's one of those games kind of like The Last of Us is for me too, where like I own like I was very content and happy with my one playthrough. And like I don't want to go back and play that again. Like that's not the type of game that I like to mm. replay okay. over and over again. So like um if I could like do the men in black kind of mind wipe thing. And then kind of, you know, start over with like a fresh brain with, with Pentiment. I would absolutely go through that experience again, hundred percent. Cause I loved it. Um, but it's one of those special games to me where it's like, I only need really needed to finish it once and probably never go through it again. Um, but there are like a bajillion different endings to Pentiment or like a, like a bunch of different ways the story and stuff can go, um, in ways that I just never expected. Um, and it's like super cool for that. So there are, there is a lot of replayability if you're into that. Um, yeah, High Fire Rushes would be the only one, I think. Because Grounded and Sea of Thieves, I'm kind of like y'all, not really much of a multiplayer guy, um, except for MMOs or live service games. And I hate pirates. So there's that too. <laughs> That's, That's right. A bit. That's so right. you didn't like no Black pirates. Flag, I'm assuming. No, it's one of my least favorite Assassin's Creed games. Really? Oh, really? wow. Because <laughs> wow. of the pirates. Yeah, all because of pirates. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised Fully doesn't want to play Grounded. Like the giant insects, not interested at all. Yeah. Even a little bit. No, 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 thank you. I'm good. I don't know. I don't need. I don't. Shut up, Ron. I really don't. I don't need to be freaked out by things that are bigger than me when they already freak me out, even though they're smaller than me. Yeah, it's true. Oh, you can get chased around by giant bees, and it's great. It's just lovely. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. No, seems I'm like it seems like a bit of a horror game to me. So no, thank you. I don't do survival games. Bit. At least, well, at least it's like, genre. Yeah, exactly. At least it's got like the filters where like it's there's a spider filter where you can make the the oh, spiders just like blobs, like cute little blobs instead of actual. Spiders. Oh really? Even yeah. then. Yeah, like <laughs> it removes nice their feature. legs and everything. Like they're basically <laughs> just like floating blobs with like smiley faces. They follow you. Around. Actually, sounds more scary that way. Actually, yeah, yeah. That sounds worse. Yeah, that sounds worse. They do I murder think you. We need quickly. to bring in oh a gosh. member from the um, from the community that has something similar in terms of the question for the topic that we're talking about at the moment. Oh, please and it's do, from, And it's from Black Wyver. and um, and they say of the four games coming from Xbox to PlayStation, which one are you most hyped for? Which we've just pretty much uh, talked about, but they also ask, and if Xbox was released, it was to release another game to PlayStation later this year, realistically, which one would you want it to be? Mm. Good question. Good, Good question. question. So 
I'm going to go ahead and just chime in and say that realistically, if there's one, it'll probably be, it would probably be another smaller game. Um, and actually like the one that, that comes to mind, maybe is something like sunset overdrive is one that they bring over because, mm. you know, Sony and owns Omniac and people, they, they think maybe people will buy that. Oh, wow. They like sunset overdrive. So even though Ron doesn't like sunset overdrive, <laughs> I feel like that would be like the right, the realistic choice. But what I would really want is just master chief collection. Because I would play that and get all those. Oh, Xbox fans might throw buttons. a fit over that. I don't know. Halo on PlayStation. I Ugh. don't care. This is, this is <laughs> just answering the question wrong. It might burn the building down. Oh my god, Ron! I am just answering the question as it is stated in front of us. Okay, <laughs> don't really throw away their Xboxes if that ever happens. You, you are lying. I mean, my you Xbox really is right there. I'm not going to throw it away. I mean, just there it is. <laughs> yeah. But, but what about y'all? Uh, what about you, Matt? What do you What do you think? It, this is so weird. Like I've, I've owned an Xbox for, I think, more than a year now. I, I don't think I've actually played an Xbox exclusive game all this time. It's just been a Persona machine last year. This year, it's going to continue to be a Persona machine <laughs> and Backtrackers game. So when I saw this question, I was like, I don't even know which ex- ex- Xbox exclusive game. Because I was going to say, well, Persona, but that's already on PlayStation. And then all the other Backtrackers games, most of them are on PlayStation. So I don't. No, but I do agree with Ryan. Like, if not, if, not just if I, I expect that they will release more. It's a matter of when, um, and I, I imagine it'll be smaller titles. I don't think it'll be stuff like Starfield or Indiana Jones. Or at least not right away. It depends on their business plans. But yeah, I'm expecting. Yeah, I think it depends on how things go. I think it'll be. I think it'll continue to be smaller titles, more multi. And truthfully, I think they should do more. Um, multiplayer games on more platforms i think they'll just help out so maybe not the entire master chief collection collection but maybe just the online mode at least or something on playstation just to get more people in to the ecosystem would be a smart move but yeah i'm sorry i haven't played an xbox i haven't i haven't played halo yet no that's actually a really interesting idea just bringing over just the multiplayer mode or even like what if they just brought over the multiplayer mode from halo infinite just to bring more players yeah. into Halo Infinite and just charge them with microtransactions. Like it'd be a smart move, right? And it gets people into the ecosystem. They're more interested in checking out the rest of the Halo games. They realize it's on Game Pass. Like it would be a very smart business move. Ryan's not gonna throw away his Xbox. I'm not throwing mine away. X Ron, Julia, are you gonna throw your, your Xbox no, no, away? I got, I got old Xbox games on it, so that's not happening. Yep. See? And I mean, Seth chimes in with the perfect answer anyways. None of this matters because you can play Arzette, the Jewel of Faramore anywhere. 100%. Oh That's all you need. <laughs> I mean, but you can not You can also play Plumbers Don't Wear Ties Definitive Edition everywhere as well. <laughs> like, that's also a thing. So, God, I can't wait for that game too. It's going to be great. Y'all, I'm going to be insufferable yeah. next month. Between that and Unicorn <laughs> Overlord, like, good luck to y'all. You better stream that because I want to know what that <laughs> is. <laughs> Plumbers oh, don't I wear bet. ties. We might get banned for streaming that. Okay, maybe not then. <laughs> yeah, we can try. We can try, but there are maybe certain- in the Discord. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that is probably more of a Discord thing, or like um, carpool gaming after dark kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Ron Fully, y'all didn't answer. Um, give me a Valid or a Clockwork Revolution. Either one of those, I'll take them, okay. or both. Yeah. You do know if the people brought a vow over, people would start throwing their Xbox at it, right? <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. To you make know it what? Totally. The bad thing is, Obsidian has all these fans, but it's like nobody ever buys their games for some odd reason. So I do. I, I do like as well. Games. 
I do as well. So look, as many Obsidian people can purchase, bring it to everybody. Nice. All right, Fulia, what about you? What Xbox exclusive do you want? <laughs> I'm about. kind of in the I'm kind of in the same boat as Matt. I haven't really played many of the Xbox exclusives. The only really Xbox exclusives I have played has been Forza Horizon, um, Viva Pinata, um, Fable maybe. Okay. Fable. Okay. That'd be yeah. like I think because I played Fable three on the 360. Um, and I kind of enjoyed that. So that might be something that realistically could come to PlayStation. Yes, Ron? <laughs> you played the worst fable and enjoyed it. <laughs> I need you to go back and please play two. <laughs> if you enjoyed Fable 3. Queen. I was She's recommended Fable 3 when I was first going into my first time playing xbox games it oh, was my first oh, xbox friend. console who recommended that to you they shouldn't be your friend anymore that's appalling <laughs> it's not, to be fair fable 3 is not a bad game it's just not as good as the other two fable games it's not bad though it's not not the worst it's cheeks. <laughs> look it's better than teenage ninja turtles mutant mayhem okay or uh, mutant oh, boy mayhem. like that game is much worse much worse <laughs> well, there you go those are, those are our picks, Black Wyvern. I hope you enjoyed them. But without further ado, speaking of listener questions, we should probably let yeah. some of our friends into the car with us because it is time for the carpool. And this one, this one I just <laughs> read, reading this question. Awesome Dave1337 comes in and says, with it being seven years since the release of Near Automata, what is everyone's thoughts on the game? And how is it? How is it that everyone considers it a masterpiece, uh, Matt? I'm just going to start. Get back here, Rob. Get back here, Rob. Yeah, um, can't Matt, leave. Just, just tell us about Near Automata, please. <laughs> I'm not going to go too much into detail. If you really, really want to know why Near Automata is a masterpiece, there was a RPG Cave episode that Ryan and I did together way back when. So you can check that one out. We did a deep dive into why it's a masterpiece. But to give a very condensed short version, the soundtrack is a banger. The story is a banger. The gameplay is good. Graphics are decent. Um, it's a very unique experience. So give it a chance. I know it sounds like it's a lot when you say five playthroughs, but it's more like five chapters and it's really like 30, 40 hours at most. Um, oh, unless yeah. you're going for the platinum. Only. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Come on. How, how long was Fable 3? That's got to be like what? I never finished it. 80 hours? Oh, That's a good thing. At least you didn't waste your time. No, I think you could probably oh, wow. beat three, I think you could beat Fable 3 in about 30 hours. Oh, okay, it's true. You can spin it on yeah. better games, Koala. Don't do it. <laughs> Just go put it but, out there. Um, but Ron, t- tell everybody why Nier Automata no. is a masterpiece. Oh. It is not a masterpiece. It's anything but that. <laughs> I'll give it to you for the soundtrack. The soundtrack's great. It's fantastic. That is the the great highlight of that. I enjoyed the combat. The combat was good. If they had stopped after the very first ending, I would have sat there and said it was a really good game. But instead, it started going to anime territory and not good anime. Not good anime. <laughs> and it just, nah, it just it just totally just went downhill from there for me. So, uh-uh. <laughs> it's you're, not a masterpiece at all. You're trying to tell me that it wasn't, Full anime from the very beginning of the game. It's pretty full. It's pretty much it full was, anime. It was good anime. You're right. It was good anime in the beginning. That's a difference. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then he taroed it. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. 
<laughs> the first playthrough is pretty anime. You actually not. Yeah, that's true. It, it is. is. It is pretty anime. Yeah, but it's sound. good anime yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, and, and some of the storylines were good. The boss battles were great. I will, I will not take that away from it. I, I really enjoyed those. But it's just the story in between after after that is just nah. Mm-mm. Awesome, Dave. Dave disagrees with you. That's why you gave oh, me I know, shout I know out for Dave the will. anniversary. But he yeah. he loves Final Fantasy VIII. Come on. Oh, Ron, <laughs> stop it! Come on now. Oh, wow. Dave is my guy. He knows how I feel about this. <laughs> Look, he's just trying to draw you into this conversation. It all see the draw system drawing you in. Great. And it worked. Oh, God. <laughs> See, it worked. He managed to ask a question about Nier Automata, and he's like, somehow this is going to lead all the way back to us talking about Final Fantasy VIII. And, and it how worked. bad it is. Yeah. And how bad it is. Look at that. Look at that. Fulia, <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us why Nier Automata is so massive? Please. Call it cheap. But, but, uh, but also, how, how do you feel about Nier Automata? You, just, you can also just say next question if you want. Mm, I have never played Neo Neo Automata is how I would pronounce it. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I've never played it. So next question. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I think Neo Automata is a fine game. I really enjoyed it when when I first played it in 2017. Um, I wasn't like one of these people that thought was a masterpiece, but it was a game I really, really enjoyed uh, when it came out. Haven't gone back to it since then. And also the best part about it is, oh, guys, get ready for this. Um, it's the story of Nier Automata is canon in the world of Final Fantasy XIV. And that's, that just makes it infinitely better. That's the, that just, you know, gives me more of appreciation Wait. for it. What? what? Why? You tell him, Ryan. So, you tell him, Ryan. So, Ron, <laughs> let, me, let me fill you in. So, in the expansion Shadowbringers for Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XIV, um, they always do that, like this, you know, Alliance raid series where they do crossovers with other square games, but they don't always make them canon, but they found a way working with Yoko Taro to weave the story of near Automata through the Alliance raid into the story of final fantasy 14. And it's actually, they're both canon in the same universe as each other, because of course they are. So, Yoshi P, right, why would you do this? Right? Why would you do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. So is there a fallen ash, baby, like in Dragon Guard? How did you Please. know? Oh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Because oh, it's Yaku Taro. That's why. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. See? The tears. There you go. The tears. More, more, more reasons to enjoy Nier Automata. It's great. Anyways, moving on. We got Piku. I'm I'm starting to feel like if Fulia had control of the controls here, uh, she'd be putting up like a little like thing on the screen that's like anyways count and like counting the number of anyways at this point. Um, Kiku says, um, "We all want to know. We all know you guys love playing games, but do you enjoy collecting games as well? What part of your collection is your favorite part?" Now. I'm going to just preface this real quick before I let the three of y'all get in here and just say, I'm going to put a pin in this for me, for me, Ryan Turford, because as you can tell, there's currently nothing on my shelves because on the other side of the room, most of my collectibles are still in boxes. So by the time next week's show rolls around, everything should be unpacked. So I will show off my cool collection stuff. That's part of that my collection. That is my favorite next week and of course i enjoy collecting stuff that's just part of the question as well so uh, let's go around the horn and go back to fulia who couldn't answer anything about near automata so <laughs> i want to know from you 
Uh, do you like collecting stuff? And you know, if so, what's what's one of the coolest things in your collection? Uh, so I don't really collect too much in terms of like gaming related stuff. Like the only things that I've really ever gotten with games has been like more specifically Nintendo Steelbooks. I don't know if you can see them in here. And then there's like one behind the Yoshi there. Um, they hand out the Steelbooks with the game, but the thing I find annoying about Steelbooks is that they don't have the game in it as the actual case. They're just like, here's the game in the original case, but also here's a Steelbook as well. So you've got two. And I feel like it's just a bit of a waste of plastic if you're just going to give away the extra case with the original case with the Steelbook. And I'm like, there's no point. Because there's a there's an actual spot for the cartridge inside the actual Steelbook. Even Steelbooks that come with like PlayStation or Xbox games, they, there is a spot where you can put your disc in it just put it in there. <laughs> yep. Well, especially all, yeah, all the PlayStation collector's editions that don't come, that come with digital copies, but they come with the steelbooks. Like I have yeah. the, the God of War and the Horizon steelbooks, like Forbidden West, yeah. but like there's no games in there. Like, is there, they yeah, exactly. them digitally. I don't, I just, I don't understand that. Like I would love to be able to purchase, you know, like those collector's editions for those games that have come out that come with like statues and you know replicas and all that sort of stuff but I just they're just too expensive for me unfortunately like over here the minimum for a collector's edition on any like any of the games that I've come across has been like 250 or 300 Australian dollars and it's a lot just to put that much money down just for you know something that is like a like a statue with a digital code of the game like yeah you know <laughs> no especially like australia in particular you bring up a good point Fulia, because like i know for a fact collectors editions there are like double if not triple the price of what they are here so yeah. i can imagine that's so much harder to get into like you're better off if you want like a collectible for a game that you really like going on a site like ami ami which is a japanese website um because they have like figures for almost everything out there like and there's they're really nice statues there and they're like reasonably priced even if you live in australia so like that's yeah. like probably more what you'd be looking at versus collector's edition stuff pretty much and that's kind of the reason why i don't go out of my way to buy any of those collector's editions but also you know aside from the fact that it's really expensive they're also games that i've never really played myself to then go out of my way to fork out that kind of money to play to to buy it so i don't like i don't have that kind of attachment to it um so in that instance those type of collector's editions don't really work for me um the one thing i will mention is uh there was um like even if i don't go for the collector's edition sometimes games come out with like deluxe editions or limited editions and they come with small things as well um, like for instance, this particular Hogwarts legacy, um, this is the deluxe edition and Hogwarts legacy here in Australia. I don't know if it was, um, the same anywhere else. This deluxe edition was exclusive to our store. So JB Hi-Fi, um, and they actually included not just some DLC content that comes with the game, but also, um, some physical pins from like the actual houses of the, from, from the game. So as you can see, there's okay. two of the four in here. 
because uh, I gave the other two away to some friends. Um, I'm a Hufflepuff, so I keep the Hufflepuff one. Uh, I, I don't know who Slytherin is. I've got to find a Slytherin to give that away to. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get like like a, a, a nice little box of um, pins that come come with the game, and that's that's actually it's really cool. I like the ones that come with like pins like this, where you can you know you can wear them or you can hang them up somewhere or something. It's actually really cool. So that I'm gonna say is my favorite you know, collectible item. Um, I do also have, if you can see behind me, I'm sorry for the listeners, you can't see this, but check out the VOD so you can see this. Um, I do have quite a bit of a collection behind me uh, with most of it being very Nintendo heavy. (laughs) I am trying to get a little bit more PlayStation as much as I can. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's kind of the extent of my collection really. Nice, nice. The PlayStation stuff right above the the the, the anime pops, essentially. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, well, what about you, Ron? What collecting do you? Obviously, we already know the answer to this. Like, yeah. Well, I used to have a lot of physical stuff, still books and limited editions. But when I went full digital with PS Five, I pretty much either gave my old physical copies to friends or. Kiku, who asked the question, she actually sat there and got quite a bit of my physical collection, still books, limited edition stuff, and actually sold them for me. So um, I'm pretty much down to only the games that are not available digitally. I have the physical versions of everything else. Everything else is pretty much gone. Nice. All right, Matt, what about you? Obviously, we see some stuff behind you, but is that is that all like how well, how big is your collectible collection stuff? Ron, why don't you tell everybody why my spirit animal is a squirrel tell everybody <laughs> so matt collects steel books like acorns he has a whole bunch of them he every saturday he pops them up on it on his twitter feed and they're great to look at i, I love it but that is why he is the the squirrel <laughs> yeah. yeah he likes shiny I, yeah i i do have quite the extensive collection of physical goodies not just the shelf behind me but yeah the the, entire, the room has quite a bit of stuff it's so I do like collecting. So when I did read this question, I enjoyed it, but it actually got me a little stressed because I was like, if I can only, th- I, do, I wanted to think about what's the one that's in my favorite out of everything here. You don't, you, you don't want to know how many hours I had to think about this in this scenario. So this might be morbid, but the scenario I put myself in was, okay, if the house was on fire, <laughs> after I rescue my family, oh, wow. so after I rescue my family, and it's safe to go back in, what's one just one. And I was like, okay, I really have to think carefully about one. Cause I mean, if it wasn't a big fire, then I'd try to get all of it. But if it was a pretty, you know, aggressive fire, <laughs> I only could pick one. What's the only one I could pick. And so the one, the favorite one that I got surprisingly isn't a steel book. It's the Resident Evil 2 deluxe edition. I thought it was going to be near. And no, yeah. See, yeah. It's the, there's a lot of sense. There's a lot of, items here that have sentimental value and I had to really think carefully. So I, I did pick this one. Um, you know, Resident Evil 2 OG in the remake is one of my favorite games of all time, but there's just a lot of memories attached to the game, the OG, the remake. Um, and in particular, that copy that I have, it is signed by the voice actor for Claire Redfield. And I was very strategic about which one she signed because I do have another, yeah, I, I really do collect a lot of physicals because I also have a, another copy of this game. Because on the inside, 
the reversible cover is Leon. So I have a second copy so that hopefully I do get to meet the voice actor for Leon and he can sign his side of it. And then I'll have two of them displayed side by side because strategic playing. I'm hoarding too much stuff. I know (laughs) (laughs) that's why I don't want to lose this one because I already have her signing it. And funny, I actually, it was really funny that this question came up because for some reason at work, we were talking about hoarding things and somebody said like, just get rid of all your stuff. Just take pictures of it. And I put my foot down so hard. I was like, no, looking at pictures is not the same. I need to hold it. Look at it. Sometimes I need to smell it. Whatever. Like, it's not the same as a picture. It's really not the same. Man. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I got a few looks. So. But I, you you know know what? What? I totally understand that. Like, that's not a... I, that that's not like you just making that stuff up. Like that's, that's a definite thing. Like, in fact, like that's one of the things I learned or was reminded of during this move was like, man, I got a lot of stuff. I've got, I almost have too much stuff. Cause I hoard a little <laughs> too much stuff where like you, I mentioned before, like I was still trying to get rid of stuff. Um, and I got rid of a lot of things, but it, there was still like 30 boxes worth of just collectible stuff to move. And it was pretty, they're not small boxes. They're big, heavy boxes. So it's kind of, kind of ridiculous where I'm like, you know, maybe before I move again in the next year, maybe I need to trim down a little bit. Maybe I adopt the Ron philosophy a little bit. Um, especially cause like for me, you know, I'm, I'm like uh, Matt in a lot of ways where like I, I could hoard a lot of stuff and, and, you know, just for the sake of having it. Um, and you know, if I can let that get out of control for at times, if I'm not paying attention to it. Um, but, uh, I, I do feel like now the new mentality for me is, if I have to have a definitive reason why I need to own it physically. So a lot of things that I actually collect now are movies because um, for someone like me who is, who works in, you know, broadcasting, you know, I can tell the difference pretty easily between like a Netflix live stream of a movie, which is what versus watching like a 4k blu-ray of a movie like there's a very very distinguishable difference between the two of those to me to the point where it bothers me so a lot of my favorite movies are movies i like to watch i collect on you know home video now and that's something that's more recent where i'm picking up less physical games you know collecting less old games and collecting more movies because there is an actual reason for that whereas um, with games in a lot of ways, you know, especially with, you know, NES games or, you know, Super Nintendo games, you've got Everdrives and other ways of playing those games on the main platform, the original platforms in the way they were meant to be played, but just not having to own all the cartridges. So, you know, that's really dissuaded me from collecting a lot of those. Whereas, you know, PS1 or PS2 games, as an example, like those are much harder to have that same problem with like, if they're not re-released somewhere else, like Silent Hill three, like the original version of Silent Hill three. Well, I, the only way to really play that in its true form is to just bust out the PS two with a physical copy of Silent Hill three. So, uh, I think that that's more where my game collecting is, but again, I'll, I'll talk about that more next week because I'm going to put a little pin in this here on the document. Um, saying that I will talk about this more next week because there are some things that I want to show off next week. But we'll go from there. Anyways, moving on, we got HVAC Sparky, who we, who has a question here, and it's a bit of a reader. So uh, bear with me, everyone, while I, while I you know, take you on a tail here. So HVAC Sparky says, PlayStation and Xbox have been in a war for a while for which can produce the most powerful console. 
but Xbox, it seems, have been diverging from this, pushing the most powerful system as a priority, have instead been pushing the Series S and Game Pass. This kind of leaves PlayStation alone as the one pushing its premium-powered console. The trouble is, to make games that maximize the power of the modern console is becoming a much longer and a much, much more pricey venture. Therefore, finally getting to the question, do you think that now or very soon we will reach a quote-unquote power gap or power saturation with PlayStation? They are at a point where they can continue to make their console more powerful, but that would in turn require them to make games more and more robust, which might not be financially sound or even possible. That would at minimum have to push the price of their first-party releases up past the $70 mark. Plus, it would continue to push the price of their premium console higher and higher, which would potentially shrink the audience reach also. What do you figure? So what what, what do we think about this question? Because I feel like we're at, we're already kind of at that power cap or power saturation a little bit. We're like, you know, graphics are, you know, almost at the point where we're getting to like, true to life kind of visuals in a lot of ways. Obviously it doesn't look like reality. Like no one would usually question a game that you're playing as reality at this point. We're not quite there yet, but I feel like we're, we're quickly approaching that. Um, but I feel like the main thing is performance in games. Like mm-hmm. most games currently can't even, can't even run at 1440 P at 16 frames, per, 60 frames per second. And that's more of where this more powerful console stuff needs to come in a little bit. Like we've got the PlayStation five pro rumored to come out sometime at some point. Um, and I imagine that's going to be the big push for that is better performance rather than trying to achieve like the most powerful status. But um, to me, I think that that's probably where Sony probably looks to innovate is like the performance in their games rather than trying to push for like the biggest concepts or the biggest graphical realities but uh i want to hear from from y'all what do you think about this question we'll start with uh start with ron on this one um i'm with you i think it's going to be more of a a performance thing over graphics i mean when you look at the games that are strictly ps5 games um you could even look at the horizon i mean that game looks fantastic and i say only one more console cycle might get us to where, like you said, it's not going to be lifelike, but it's going to be about as close as it can be. So I think performance is probably going to, where they have to, they have to start focusing on that. Cause like you said, there's a lot of games out there that don't run at 60. Um, and some games they talk about trying to get them at 120. That's not going to work on the current, current status. Like you said, PS5 pro that might, that might handle that. But yeah, I think performance is going to, where it's going to go, but I don't think Xbox is really out of the hardware race like that either if they're going to continue this route of making games for everybody they're going to have to keep up they literally just said during their like xbox podcast thing oh by Mm -hmm. the way just so y'all know the next xbox will be the biggest leap hardware wise across any xbox they're not done yeah yeah they're not done yet so and like i said if they're going to be doing the whole multi-platform releasing some games thing they can't they can't fall too far behind like that they're going to have to to keep up because they're going to want to put games on other systems, but they're still going to want to put Microsoft systems out there also. You can't have it too far behind with the PlayStation 6 or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, especially because like otherwise like third-party developers aren't going to develop games for yeah. your console. Like that's just yeah. 
That's just how that works. Especially because like when you look at Microsoft as a company, like they, they still produce, like even though like Microsoft surfaces are not the top quality laptops out there, they still make those because they yep. want you in that Microsoft ecosystem sure. and they want hardware that supports their operating system mm-hmm. in the same way that Xbox does. So like, I yep. imagine you're, you're, you're bang on with that, Ron. Like I think, there's no reason for them to leave hardware at this point. But what do you think, Fulia, as someone who's not really like a super graphics person anyways, like what do you think about this question? This is not a question I would really think about. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm not quite sure what to think, to be honest. <laughs> okay. You need the next question. That works too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, what do you think? I'm the opposite of Ryan, where I actually can't see the difference even between... 720 and 1080. So <laughs> I'm probably the wrong person to a- answer this question. If I look really carefully, then I might see the difference. But like if you, if I played something at 720 or watched something at 1080 and just, I'm not looking for what was their difference, I actually can't tell the difference. Like my, the, the TV I play on is 1080 for PS5. And I've been playing like that for years. I'm probably still going to, I'm going to play on that TV till it basically explodes or breaks apart. But if I had it for years, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I'm the wrong person because for me, PS3 to PS4 games, I can see the difference, but it wasn't like, whoa, this is next-gen graphics or performance. It was just like, oh, this looks prettier. And then truthfully, even from PS4 to PS5, if I'm looking for it, otherwise it's like, okay, it's kind of similar. But I, I agree with Ron and Ryan. Like, I think the next thing that they have to push for is actual 60 frame at higher resolutions because they still can't even do that now. Um, I personally would hope that they're doing more innovative stuff from stronger hardware in game development. So AI, like branching paths, like galore in more games that you couldn't possibly have done in a PS3 game. And just how AI interacts, like the enemies would respond to you very differently. Like when you think about how enemies were in MGS1, like <laughs> you can figure out their pattern pretty quickly and you can do it blindfolded at some point. Whereas, you know, what I would like to see is, nope, you every time you play MGS5 or 6 or whatever comes out, it's going to be a different time. It's, it's going to be a different outcome for how enemies react to you. Like I want to see hardware push those gaming innovations or whatever developers are interested in. Because in terms of graphics, like I stopped caring after the PS3. Yeah. No, that's a really good point because like we're like the games we're playing now are basically just PS3 games in a lot of ways where, you know, the innovation isn't really there, you know, in over a lot of those. Like you you see some sometimes where you'll see some great, you know, gameplay innovations, but a lot of times like, you know, you're playing very similar style games to older games. So I, I like that perspective. And also I like, I, I you know, want to, you know, give you a little bit of a, bit of a, a boost here because I actually think you're not actually in the minority. I actually think there's probably a lot of people out there that still only have 1080p TVs that are playing their PlayStation 5 on them. Yeah. Like dozens really is of there us. too. Like dozens. Yeah. I honestly think it's more people than people think. In fact, like I think Microsoft saw those numbers and that's why they developed the Series S because they knew that, you know, there would be so many people that might not be switching over to 4K anytime soon and might be just be sticking with 1080 or playing on a computer monitor um, and, and yeah. playing on a, like a 1080p monitor or something like that. Like I feel like there's enough data there that probably suggests that, you know, most people just not not everyone switched over to 4k and that's totally viable for for people like that because um you, you're right like it, it would be 
weird. It would be actually interesting to see what you thought of if you played the Final Fantasy demo, the Rebirth demo, before they patched it in the performance mode. Because in the Uh performance mode, it played, not only did it play at 1080p, which would be your native resolution, but it it looks like Vaseline is smudged all over the screen because it's all like, out oh, of focus and fuzzy oh, and it does not bad. look good. Um, but, but maybe that's just how it looks on a, on a 4k TV. Like I wonder if like on just a normal oh. 1080p TV, maybe that actually looks okay. Mm-hmm. But, oh, cheers. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. Whereas they've actually patched yeah, that now. Cheers. So it actually looks not as fuzzy, but still looks fuzzy with the, the newest version of the demo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious to know how that works. Cause yeah, like I played, I played the rebirth demo on, on fidelity mode because I'm like, I can barely make out where some of the, the places I'm supposed to climb up are cause they all are kind of blending together because of how out of focus it was. But is this, is this like the final fantasy seven remake door fiasco? Is it like the doors again? No. And well, it's the doors, but it's the entire environment. Oh no. Yeah. Oh boy. So, you're, so you're just oh, like, no. <laughs> huh. so you're in the Nibelheim area and all you're, you're climbing through the mountains and the mountains are all like this gray color. And you're like, where do I climb up? Cause I can't physically see it. Cause it's like out of focus. So <laughs> yeah, it's this whole thing. They got to patch that soon. Mm. Well, they did. They did luckily, but anyways, moving on. We got antics who asked the question as we're all apparently nearing the halfway point of the PS five's life already. I'm finding myself playing just as many PlayStation 4 titles as I am current gen games lately. So I'm curious, what have been your top three most played games on the system since it released? Could be PS5 exclusive, could be an older title. What do you think it says about your gaming preferences when it comes to your current to the current generation? Now, here's the tricky thing, Antics. Because the PlayStation 5 doesn't really give you the information as to like how many hours you played the game on your PlayStation five specifically. Like it just gives you like, you have the the list of your most played games, but like there's no way to go in and be like, well, even though like, like some PlayStation four games might have high play times. Did I really play them on my PlayStation five or not? Like there's no way of really finding this out. So we went in and checked our PlayStation fives or true, true trophies as well um, to grab our three most uh, played games on our PlayStation 5s. And uh, I'll let Fulia go first because she is, in fact, the Platinum Queen. Oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so my um, my third most played game uh, is actually an, um, <laughs> an online platformer game by the oh. name of Fall Guys. <laughs> Nice. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Nice. I yeah. did not see that coming at all. So when when Fall Guys announced that it was getting like the whole new sort of season and all that sort of stuff on the on consoles, uh, I because I had already started playing this on PC originally, but then they decided to create a whole new other version of the game with the new seasons in it, and ended up playing quite a bit of Fall Guys. Uh, in my time and I clocked about 33 and a half hours of four guys <laughs> on the nice. PlayStation. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, my second most played game, uh, which is going to be a surprise is, um, final fantasy 16. 
And that one I clocked yes. up about 52 hours and 38 minutes. I knew that would be on that. <laughs> I had a feeling yeah, not it was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. We're proud of you. Not a surprise. 30 hours of that was evading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, you are the RPG queen. So, of course, you got Final Fantasy 16 on there. This is five. Yeah. Uh, and my number one, my actual number one most played, which isn't far off from Final Fantasy 16. Um, is actually Spiritfarer at 58 oh, hours nice. and 35 minutes. Dang. Wow. And that, is all. that is technically nice. a game that doesn't actually take long to play through the story. But with me, I felt like I needed to, like I was ha- having a hard time finding certain things, like the fish, yep. like, the, like the fishing aspect <laughs> of it was the thing. Yeah. Like the only way, and the only way that you can platinum the trophy, not if, if you, sorry, the only way you can get a platinum for this game is not from collecting all of the trophies. So it's not 100%ing it. It's a fishing thing, a fishing collectible, where you have to collect all of the variations of fish in the game. Oh. And one of them, I just need one oh. dang fish to get that platinum. And I can't because there is a glitch in my game that I cannot oh, get no. this stupid platinum no. because of this dang fish. So <laughs> you you got to pray hard. Yeah. That is why I have so many hours in this game is because of the fishing side. Of it. Oh man, that, <laughs> that, that hurts. That is the literal worst. That sounds so <laughs> annoying. It's, in fact, that trophy reminds me of the Final Fantasy Four. Uh, sorry, the Final Fantasy One platinum for the the pixel remaster collection where it, it forces you to play fight every single monster in the entire game at least once but there's one monster that only appears on the bridge going to the final battle and that's it and you basically have to go back and forth on this bridge over and over again oh did i mention the fact that it's a 0.0001 percent encounter rate for this particular enemy so you just sit there for about it took me about seven and a half hours of just going back and forth on this bridge, finding different oh, enemies, God. just to get it to appear and pop the last trophy. You it only took like I, twenty I, I minutes feel, for me. But it's random. It's totally random because it's Final that's Fantasy One. I, wow. I feel like that's what's happening with this Spirit Fairy game because I can't finish the game. I mean, I can finish the game if I really want to. So there's, I'm already at the point where I can get Stella through the gate. And you haven't finished the game. Heaven. No. No, because oh I, want to, I want to. I want to. That I want that dang platinum. <laughs> but the story is so good. I can't even see the ending yet. But the thing oh. is, I also haven't encountered all of the different spirits. That's the other thing too. And I really want to encounter all of them and help them find their way. And this is why you might have to nicely block. tweet the dev and be like, "Hey, can you help me with this and patch this, please?" Yeah, very yeah. nicely and very nicely and just. And just pray to the RNG gods. Like you got to pray harder like Ron did to get 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, that, I lucked out with that. I know some people sit in and spend hours. Seven hours is wild. I, I think I would have gave up. I yeah. There's no way I would have did that. Oh, I was you know, listening very, to podcasts and very stuff. Stubborn. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing I will mention, if we're going back to like the collectibles um, question, there is a Spirit Fairer collectible edition like collector's edition that I would love to have because it actually comes with the orb that is in the oh, game. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And it's like a really nice, I think it, I think it lights up as well. 
Um, I, I, and it comes with like other things, including, I think it was like the digital soundtrack and like art books and all that. So I, I really want that, but it's just, I can't get it in Australia. I can only get it online through the website of the developers. And I was just like, Oh, I really want that collector's edition. <laughs> So what you're saying is if you might be coming to the United States at some point, maybe it's somewhere near Lee Navarro's house. Like, you know, maybe, maybe we saw a certain thing at Lee Navarro's house for you maybe to bring with you. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like we all have to talk about this after the show. Okay. But anyways, Ron, what, what, what about you? Let's, let's hear from you. What, what are your totals? Starting off appropriately with a Falcom game. The way it should be. Trails into Reverie, 240 hours and 41 minutes. That's too many. Holy cow. It's not. Wow. It's, not. It's, a, it's appropriate. It's appropriate. That was a long game. Wow. I wanted the complete true ending, so I had to go through the whole dungeon. It, it was worth every minute of it. Every minute of it. Um, after that one is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I felt every hour of this one, though. 234 hours. <laughs> yeah. 234 hours. And, man, I, I had to get the platinum. But that was one of those things that once I was done with that, I never want to look at that game, think about it again. It was it was personally my worst Assassin's Creed game out of the whole series. I didn't hate it, but it was just okay to me. And they bloated that thing to a ridiculous degree. The fishing thing that Koala had brought up about, that was one of the things I think I spent the most time doing is the fishing trophy. I hated it, but I had to get the platinum and and that was that was on me. Uh, the last one is going to be Horizon Forbidden West. I spent 199 hours on that one. Okay. Yep. Nice. That's a good list of games there. I mean, you guys, ours. it is even with the it Falcom edition. How dare fun. you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at, look at Seth right here. Wow. So Ghost of Tsushima didn't even attack the top three. Hmm. Actually, Ghost was going to be next. If we had did top five, Ghost was going to be next. Also, Ghost and is then, more of a PlayStation 4 game. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. also but just I didn't saying, play into PlayStation 5, though. None of my games even cracked triple digits. So <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. None it's of mine right. did either. You're so just getting it. started, though. You're just getting started. <laughs> You're just getting started. You've been yeah. spending a lot of time on the hot potato. Hon- honestly, if I, if I keep playing Spirit Farah and it's still taking me this long to get that platinum, I probably will hit three, 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 triple digits. See? <laughs> no, just roll the credits at that point. Stop. You got to see the end. No, it, it's such no. a good story. She's right there. She's right there. She Trophy over story? Oh, trophies are great, but come on. Story first. She's right know. there, man. She's right there. I don't know. Trophies actually matter quite a lot. Get it. It depends. Well, if it you depends. want me to have the title of Platinum Queen, it is the only way. She, she brings right, up a I'll good pray, play. I'll, I'll <laughs> pray to the right RNG thing. gods. Yeah. I'll pray to them. Just for you. Yeah. Please right, let Billy have this trophy. Give me your list, man. Um, I was I was surprised with, uh, yeah, it took a bit of work to kind of look at the games and figure out, well, I played some of these on PS4 and then I did a Platinum run on PS5. So I had to kind of separate it. So my... Third game, I think was around 68 hours, was Resident Evil Village. It did get up that high for the Platinum because you have to do um, some, I think it's like, you have to get like S-tiers on the Mercenaries runs. So it took a bit of practice, um, but it was fun. And then I think the second game most played on my PS5 was Resident Evil 4 Remake. 
that was around 78 hours. That was my bad because I got very arrogant for the platinum run. I told Ron about this because the platinum should only be like 50 hours. Um, I got very arrogant and said, no, 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 I don't need six playthroughs. I can do it in four. I will beat it on the hardest difficulty without grinding to get the best weapons. I got this. I got this. The game said, no, you don't. Yep. And <laughs> I think I got like 60% through the hardest difficulty and said, you know what? This just hurts. Let me go back and do some more grinding on another playthrough, get better weapons, come back to the hardest uh, playthrough and do it again. So my bad. And then my top PS5 game uh, was Near Replicant, which I think I almost got triple no digits. Um, I was I was surprised it was Near Replicant, but again, I the platinum run I did it differently from the guides because the guide said you can do it faster in like sixty hours, but then you kind of have to see which steps to do, which would kind of do minor spoilers for the story. So I said, you know what, I just want to do one playthrough blind and just experience the story and then do another extra run, which was fine. And then there is one trophy in near replicant. That is um, like, you don't just have to pray to the RNG gods. Like you need to have a sacrifice to get this trophy. It's about growing a very difficult flower, um, which sounds really stupid. Cause, and it was a very stupid thing process. Cause like you have to grow one flower and then a second flower and then combine them together. And then after that one, grow another flower and another flower and combine them together. So I did have to spend a lot of time just for that stupid flower, but I did it and I did get that platinum. So that was my most uh, played game on my PS5. And to answer the question, it's not even a PS5 game. It was a PS4 game. Yeah. So you just happened to play on your PS5, which makes sense. You got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as for me, these numbers are going to sound kind of low, but hear me out. A lot of my like hundred hour plus games I played on PlayStation 4, like Persona 5 Royal, uh, Diablo 3, because I have the Platinum in Diablo 3, and that was ridiculous to get, or uh, Overwatch, like I spent so much time playing Overwatch, it's ridiculous. Um, So a lot of my high totals are totals on PlayStation 4. And this generation, because I was on Xbox Drive, um, I wanted to make a more concerted effort to play more games on Xbox over the last couple of years. So a lot of my bigger games, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla that Ron mentioned, I played that on Xbox as an example. So like all like, like over 150 hours I spent in that game all on Xbox. So um, with all that out of the way, here are my three. Uh, starting at number three at the bottom, Tales of Arise at 44 hours. So not too much. I basically just beat the game, played through it, played a little bit of the, the, the post-game stuff put down i never really went back for the expansion either um so there's that um but good game good game uh next one up you know same position as in Fulia's list final fantasy 16 with 48 hours oh, yeah. oh okay yeah i guess uh, i was four hours over you <laughs> well did, did you get the platinum no uh neither did i so yeah i, pl- <laughs> I played through the game once and that was enough for me um, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go, if I ever have an inkling to go back to the game, I'll probably do the, the final fantasy mode to get the platinum, but I'm just currently going through and playing through side quests. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the platinum. and then this one should shock everyone. This, I've never talked about this game before on the show at all or anything Here like that. My number one game is the PlayStation five version of final fantasy 14 with we knew it. 1,881 hours. 
just and that's that's just for the PlayStation 5 version. The PlayStation 4 version, I also have 1,700 hours in that as well, um, which I also played a little on my PlayStation 5, but not enough to out surpass Tales of Arise or Final Fantasy 16. Man, mm. that is the pretty much more than what I've played Animal Crossing in. <laughs> yeah. Puts our numbers to shame. Uh, well, actually, TPR <laughs> asked the question, 1,100 hours just on PlayStation 5? No, 1,881 hours just on PlayStation 5 with just the PlayStation 800. 5 version of the game. <laughs> so there you go. I, I mean, it's almost, I, it. I almost don't need any it. other games, you guys. Like, that's that's Ooh, that's the no game. kidding. Game. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yeah, when, I, when you combine the two of them, you know, uh, you know, it's eight, yeah, like 1,881 plus 1,700. It's a lot of hours. It's like 3,500 hours. It's ridiculous. So there you go. Those, those are our totals. Please be excited. And last question or questions of the week come us black, once again from Black Wyver, who had two additional questions. They said, Hope you all are having a great weekend. Here are my questions for the show. Number one, with Shadow of the Erd Tree around the corner, would you all consider playing Elden Ring in multiplayer mode? Ron should be a great guide for y'all. I mean, you know, I Elden saw that koala. Yeah. I like Elden Ring as we talked about before, but I never finished it. You know, I played it for 30 hours. It, you know, it wasn't gelling with me, but I did really enjoy like the 30 hours that I played. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm content with that. And I just put it down. Oh, my heart. Is there a multiplayer <laughs> mode in this game? Is that is an actual thing? There's always yeah, been multiplayer. Yeah, you can do uh, three players. Yeah. But, you sure, I mean, man? if Ron likes to carry, if Ron likes to carry me, then I'll play hey, with them. Sure. I got you. 191 hours I spent in that. My my character can handle it. I platinumed it. It ain't nothing. Right. I got you and Koala. Come along. You carry me. I'll play anything. I mean, I got you. I got you. Let's go. My confidence <laughs> is at an all time high in Elden Ring, so I'm good with that. Koala? Julia, you, you're, come on. Ron said he'll carry us. Come on. Come we just on. have to sit back, do no, some yeah. healing. Yeah. I don't know, some dodging, <laughs> evading. We just have to evade. Just pray dodge. Yeah. Sorry. Let's have to dodge. No. Wow. Do it. <laughs> oh, Koala. We this hurts. We tried. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep we working tried. on her. We'll yeah. keep working on her. I don't know. I feel like yeah. the, the Soulsborne game we get, get Koala into is probably something like Rise of the Ronin or... Um, like Neo oh, or something yes. like that, like something like faster paced, like something more similar to Final Fantasy 16, I think. Like that, I think Rise of the Ronin probably will be more her level, that's and then she can also use the difficulty modes if it's too bad for her. Exactly. Because that was going to have difficulty options. I was going to say, there I feel go. like that's the one. That That's yep. like the, the type of game that I feel like she might actually enjoy. I, I, I Rise of the Ronin wasn't even on my list it's time it for now. you to put it on there yeah it's it i mean it's coming you not see the the dev diaries they look great yeah come on yeah it's yeah. coming out like the week of my birthday it, it's gonna be exciting so there you go see yeah you have to yeah you yep. have to just I, saying as a birthday you present to me uh, for you. <laughs> you gotta guilt trip me into playing it now yes no, no, yes no. <laughs> do it for ryan <laughs> Ryan, good you don't give Ryan the game. You get the no, game for please. yourself. Rather, you I, play let, let, let's be real. I'd rather just her, see her play Unicorn Overlord instead. Let's be real. There it is. I can't, that's fine I can't disagree with that. Yeah, 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 that's fine. I'm okay with that's that. Fine. Or maybe 13 Sentinels. Uh, Ron, I think that's a game she'd really like. We can play together. You know I haven't played that I, one yet. Yeah. yeah. 
It's on PS Extra. Put that on right? your list. Yeah. Put that on your list, Koala. We'll do it together. That was going to be worth your time, I think. Um, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Do it. She said sure. I don't know. We did it. She did say yeah. sure. We did it. She said yeah. sure. We did it. I've, ladies, I've never seen play of it. I don't she know. Yes. Let, ladies and she gentlemen, yes. we got sure. Yep. There yes, we go. We did. Yeah. There we go. We did it. You'll love it. It's like love a visual it. novel with you know strategy stuff thrown in on the side. Yeah. You got this. It's got, it's got this really cool like time travel story with Max. It's really yeah. cool. But. Yeah. Done. It's good. Well, apparently, I am the time traveling koala. So there you go. You got so many good titles. Oh my god, <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah, it's an outstanding game. Yeah, pretty soon it'll be bringer of Pepsi Man. But uh, anyways, what last question? What are your thoughts on the new physical re-releases where the expansion is still a code to redeem and not part of the discs? Example: Elden Ring, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, etc. Not like Resident Evil Four Gold Edition which apparently has everything on the disc. Um, to me, it doesn't bother me at all, but I also don't really collect thing, new modern games physically, so I'm definitely the wrong person to add. And then, Ron, I'm imagining you're the same way. Yeah, it's the same way for me, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas since y'all actually collect physical things, uh, does this bother you at all? 100%. It hurts quite deeply. I, I need it on that disc, even if it's not the entire installation. <laughs> no, that hurts. I don't like that. It's it's such a paranoid thing. I know I'm delusional. I think about this, but I'm like, what happens if the code stops working or they remove it digitally and they revoke it? They reach into my PS5 and they take away the game. But if it's on my disc, you can't take it away. It's mine. I know. You know those Just, digital codes expire eventually, right? Like that's they how do. that works. You got to use them. You got to use them at a certain time. Yeah. See? I feel better. That's why I want on the disc so I can play. But it's usually like two or three years though. So you got, <laughs> you yeah. got time. Mm. I got a backlog. I don't know. Maybe maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Matt, you have like six games. That's not a backlog. Uh, games. Well, actually, games. Ron, um, six <laughs> games actually technically install backlog. Thank Those you, Ron. Six games he can handle like in a month. It's, Stop this. It's not a very long backlog, but it's still a backlog. But. Mm. Fully, what do you think? Does this bother you at all? Honestly, I've never actually come across games... With their, I don't think I've actually played any games that can't that came with a extra DLC code that I had to redeem apart from like skins or something like that. So that side I'm okay with, but when it comes to like extra like new content that needs to be downloaded so that you can play through the game, um, yeah, I don't think I've actually come across any games. So that kind of doesn't really bother me, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I'm the wrong person to ask. No, that's not <laughs> I'm, but you know what? That's why I like the fact that we've got a little bit of a, a mixture here of like people who collect physical things and then also Ron and I who just don't care a lot of times. <laughs> so you three have the sensible answer. I'm the one that's out of like losing it. So no, like it would be, right there are no it, wrong it answers. Would, yeah. I mean, Thank it would you. be, it would be, it would be annoying to, to have to then go into the PlayStation store and be like, oh, okay, I have to redeem this now and then get it downloaded and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. So much work. Yeah. See? The old, like so the only wrong answer, of- Matt, would have just been if you would have came to us and said that you like pirates, because I, I just can't have that. I just can't have that. But uh, indifferent. I like pirates. I like pirates. I'm, <laughs> indi- I'm indifferent. Oh, wow. I have a feeling that the rest of my podcast crew is about to make me walk the planks. So we should probably wrap up the show. Um, But before we go, of course, we got to thank all of our patrons 
for being super amazing. And we're going to start with our ultimate producers, Tony Best Baker from the Quest 4 Pixels podcast. You can check them out over at youtube.com slash Quest 4 Pixels today. That's the the number four, not four spelled out, Ron. Just f- the four, just number got four. Got it, got it, four. Yeah. We also got Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on this show, but also the Xbox Drive. You can check out his link tree, link tr.ee slash pme.jib. Of course, the link can be found in the description of this podcast. Lee Navarro, the Felix leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. You can check them out over at phoenixoverdrive.com. And of course, signups are available over on Extra Life to join Phoenix Overdrive. So if you want to join us in uh, maybe Rome, New York, maybe somewhere else this year, uh, we'll have more details later this year. Head on over to phoenixoverdrive.com. He's got all those details. And Quagmire, who humbly reminds you that the best babes are, in fact, Xeno Babes. Of course, all the links to all of our Ultimate Producers can be found below, as well as our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave 1337, Bob Bowza, Brad Moore, Brian Reese, Cecily Carroza, Croco Kyle, Dan and Luma, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Yon32, Marcus O'Neill, Pidge EP, and Tim Alf. Thank you all again to all of our patrons. Y'all rock. And if you want to jump in with us, head over to patreon.com slash carpool gaming and choose the tier that's right for you. And now it's time to play us out. So Matt, where can people find me on the internet, man? You can find me arguing with Ron on Twitter and in a discord at any time. Nice. At Nagachaka. Excellent. And you don't, you don't want to say X, right? You want to say Twitter? <laughs> Twitter for life. <laughs> Good Mm-mm. God. Even though X. you like Resident Evil, because Mr. X, God, that's the connection. Uh, Rod, what about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Savoy Prom on uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, backlogged, uh, Savoy underscore Prime on Twitter. Nice, nice. And Fulia, where can people find you? Uh, you can find all of my socials and my streaming platforms uh, at foolishfuji.card.co. And you can also find me Foolish Fuji on PSN. Nice. Well, that's for me. You can find me on the old Twitter, otherwise known as X at Ryan Turford. You know, also find us on Twitter at Carpool Gibbing or X or whatever you want to call it. You also find me on PSN. I don't normally give out my PSN name because I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but I, you know, I, I want more friends on my list. I'm fresh underscore obsessed because that's, you know, in relation to an yes. old grocery store in Canada called a and That's great. Yeah. So you can Isn't find me on being obsessed with fresh. Oh, look, yeah. I like going to the grocery store and picking out the nicest apples and oranges. Okay. Yeah, like the freshest ones. That. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's the way it should be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, to be fair, I changed it uh, when they let you bring in name changes, but it broke all of my PS3 and Vita uh, purchases. Oh, so I no. had to switch it back to the oh, old name. Oh, them. man. Yeah. No, not worth it then. Yeah. No, no go back. Not worth it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I went back to it, the old name. I was like, screw it. I'll be fine with that. But, anyways. You'd also find us uh, right here at youtube.com slash carpooling. And of course, podcast services around the globe. So for Fulia, Ron, Matt, I'm Ryan Dover. This has been episode 138 of the PlayStation Drive. And we're out. Good night, everybody. See ya. Adios. Bye. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the PlayStation Drive. Now, before you drive off, please make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us at Carpool Gaming on socials. Don't forget to check out our awesome merch carpoolgaming.com and you can also support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming where you'll unlock all kinds of exclusive content. Links to everything are in the description.